tired. So tired. Overtired. Hey, you're listening to Overtired. I'm Brett Terpstra. I'm here with Christina Warren. How are you, Christina? Well, I'm good, Brett. I'm good. Um, this is take two for us. It really because is. Because someone, yeah, this is take two for us because uh, someone's audio messed up. I, it is as of as of right now. It is actually recording. This is this is being recorded. Okay, this is good. I'm really glad to hear that. I'm really yeah. glad to hear that. Yeah. So, uh, so you were saying, and in the last take, you you didn't get up at midnight today. No, I didn't. I did not get up at midnight. I got up at like. 615, which I think is an acceptable time to get up when you're recording something at like seven o'clock. So um, I, I did not wake up super, super early or I guess stay up super, super late. Like it could go either way. So um, I got up at like the adequate time for, you know, recording a, an early morning podcast. Yeah. Or mid morning, as might be the case for you. And, and you're not tired. No, I mean, I'm a little um, like. I think I went to bed around one. So I got like a solid like five and a half hours, which That's I think insane. is insane. How do you survive on five hours of sleep? I don't know. Cause I'll probably end up taking a nap. I don't know. Who knows? Man, I couldn't do that. Five hours. Like if I got five hours of sleep three nights in a row, I would be a mess. Well, A, I find ways to sometimes like it's usually like after work, but. I sometimes, I mean, my sleep is so terrible because what I'll do sometimes is I'll like take a nap at 5 p.m., which is stupid. Yeah, it Because is. then you wake up, <laughs> it's the dumbest thing in the world because then you wake up at 11 and you're like, all right, well, I'm up until four now. Like, it's just shitty. So it just gets you into like a really bad like pattern. Uh-huh. Um, and then sometimes like tomorrow is Saturday. Today is Friday the 13th. Ooh. And, uh, which which I think is is why uh, we had some recording issues earlier. And um, the best one, I'm going to blame it on anyway. And, um, but tomorrow's Saturday, so I can, I can just sleep in. Like, I, I, I could sleep in until two. I won't, but but I could. I am, a, I am a major proponent of going to bed and getting up at the same time every day. And see... That's that's smart. And and I should do that. I just don't do that. I when I'm manic, obviously, I'll go like days without sleep and that will right. ruin like the next week or two for me. Uh like five days of like one to two hours of sleep per night. That is absolutely not healthy. Um, but when I'm when I'm normal, which I am right now, uh yeah, I, I like eight and a half hours of sleep and I go to bed at exactly nine o'clock. I get up exactly 530. It's I like I like consistency. It's good. It's good for the brain. It is good for the brain. And these are all very smart things that I should do <laughs> but that I don't do. And I'm not like pretending like, I, you know, I, I know who I am. I know who I'm not. Um, I, I, I aspire to, to be as together as you. Now, you mentioned you, you kind of buried the lead there with, with Brett's Mental Health Corner that you're normal right now. Yeah. I'm in that sweet spot. I'm not manic. I'm not depressed. I'm, I'm living life as well. So it becomes very obvious in these times when I'm like completely emotionally stable, it becomes obvious that I'm also ADHD. Uh, that becomes, that becomes forefront for me, but, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm living life as a typical, a tip neuro, atypical person. I'm sorry. Neuro, neurodiverse. 
Is that what the term is? Yes. Okay. I okay. Am, I am. I am. I am. I have comorbidities, uh, ADHD, and bipolar. I am. I am truly neurodiverse. Yeah, I have ADHD, depression, anxiety, but and OCD. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yet, weirdly, I feel like so. I guess I'm technically neurodiverse. And I, I mean, I know with at least ADHD stuff, but I don't know. I've, I've never, like, I'm treated, this is absolutely true. I am treated like I'm neurodiverse. Like, I've never had any allowances ever for any of that stuff. Um, like, maybe oh, a little you're tr- bit. You're knowledge. treated like you're neurotypical is what you're saying. Sorry, sorry. That's, yes, yeah. yes. Let me, re- let me rephrase. I am treated like I'm neurotypical. Um. And uh, not like I'm neurodiverse. Uh, I'm treated like I'm neurotypical. I've never had any of the like. I mean, maybe I could like ask for them or whatever, but um, I mask really well, and so I don't. It, it's so it's so fucked up that people will like you know like 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 Twitter vigilante assholes will will uh, you know make comments. Oh well, you know you you can't comment on this because da 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 da. I'll like, be like, oh, something makes my OCD itch. You know, you really shouldn't say that. <laughs> I'm like, some of us are actually OCD. And I'm like, can I see your diagnosis? Because I know I have one, you know, can, like. Can I, can I see your yourself. psychology degree? Exactly. It, it, completely, right? But also like, and then some people like, well, don't gatekeep. You, you, you can't claim that only people who have a diagnosis can say they have it. <laughs> I, actually, I can't. Um, sorry, like, A, these aren't things that you want. It's not something you want to collect, like identity, like it. I, I wouldn't wish this stuff on people, right? Like, I see all these people who are like, oh, well, I, I'm ADHD, even though I've never been diagnosed and I'm not treated. Okay, maybe. Sure, maybe. Maybe. Um, but also, maybe don't talk about it if you haven't been diagnosed and if you're not on a treatment plan. Uh, just just my opinion. See, I, if you want to call, call me a fucking gatekeeper, yeah, I'm a gatekeeper because if you're not on a treatment plan and you haven't talked to a professional, then... Like, you're not doing anyone, like, you're doing yourself a disservice if you actually think that you have this. And if you don't, and if it's just being performative, then you're just being, like, a weird asshole who wants to collect, you know, diagnoses. So this gets interesting in the world of autism, though, Uh, especially in women and older humans. Yeah. um, Self-diagnosis is not as big a crime in the autistic community most I know autistic not- community no just let me uh most autistic communities will actually like welcome it basically they go by the uh the philosophy that if you think you have autism we will we will assume you have autism we will give you the benefit of the doubt and that's not true with any other diagnosis that i've ever heard about yeah I, I'm going to be honest with you. Like the autism community can do whatever they want and that's on them. I'm rolling my eyes extremely. And I get, I understand that people are not diagnosed and that there are doctors who won't diagnose you and will say, well, if you've lived this long, and if you have this, then you don't fit these things. I would posit that those are psychiatrists who are using older terminology, who are using older diagnostic like, like credentials are probably, you know, still going on the old, you know, DSM-4 and not like the, the the current DSM-5 and whatnot. And I know that all those things exist. I get it. I'm still going to just be straight up and be like, if it were me, and I'm not part of the community, so it doesn't matter to me, but I, I'm rolling my eyes. Yeah, no, I, I buy it. Like most people aren't, 
looking for it, so it is it is it's it's a little bit difficult for a lot of people to get the diagnosis and if you are suffering from uh this the symptoms uh the the characteristics of autism uh it it's nice to have a community even if you don't have the diagnosis and to have a community that welcomes you yeah. like to, to just to give you the benefit of the doubt like if you can say i have taken 20 of these online quizzes and i really feel like this is the case for me but i can't afford a diagnosis or my 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 uh counselor did not agree with me like just i don't know if you share I mean, all of these traits with a community, if, if, if it's about if it's about community, I agree with you. Where I disagree with you is that I think that sometimes you do have fakers, and I'm not saying mo even most of the people who claim they're autistic and aren't are fakers, but you do have fakers. You do have people who they clearly have some sort of other psychological problem because they're making up the fact that they have these things. But because I see this with ADHD people with ADHD all the time. People who are clearly not ADHD. Well, sure. What, but and, we'll want to claim it. And, I, and but, I, I think autism is different than ADHD in that regard, though. I think the communities are different. And I think well, people use ADHD as an excuse way more than oh, they I'm use ASD about, as an excuse. I'm not talking about an excuse, though. I'm talking about people who want internet sympathy points. I'm sure. talking about like Munchausen by internet people. Like I'm talking about people <laughs> who clearly have like something fucked up wrong with them, but not those things. Like people who like, like there's this, there's this person on Twitter who I don't follow them because I don't want to do that. But I occasionally like hate read their tweets because this person is just so ridiculous. Like this person claims all of these identities, all of these like aspersions, all of these maladies. And it's literally just so that they can get like out of way internet points. And it's, it's infuriating because I'm like, okay, this is actually doing a disservice in my opinion to the real communities, to the real people. And, and, you know, they take up space. Like, and I'm not saying that it's all people. And I'm sure that I, I agree with you. I think the vast majority, if, if that's how you see it, and if you want the community and the support, that's fine. I do think though, like, okay, I'll give you a great example. There was actually a really good article that I read on this. So there's this thing, and it's actually a really controversial diagnosis. Like a lot of psychiatrists will argue that it doesn't exist. And some people say that it does, but um, dissociative identity disorder. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with that or not. I am not. It, it used to be. Did. It did. It used to be what we called multiple personalities. Okay. 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 Yeah. And and so um, uh, it is considered a thing where like you have and you know distinct personas and 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 people will call if they have dissociative identity disorder they have a system and they will have different fronts of different members of the system fronting their body at certain periods of time and. And all this stuff. Anyway, it's now a TikTok trend. And by that, I mean that you have TikTokers with millions of followers, most of them Zoomers, some of them a little bit older, who present what it's like to be in a system. Now, some of these people might actually have psychological problems. A whole bunch of them are just fucking fakers. Sure. And and they get millions of hits and, and views and all this adulation and weird stuff. And I'm like, okay, first of all, for people who do suffer from this. And as I said, it's actually a pretty controversial thing of whether it exists or not. I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a doctor. I can't make a diagnosis. I'm simply pointing out that it is a controversial um, thing of whether it exists or not. Um, because, and, and that goes all the way back to Sybil 
um, which right. which kind of like brought in, in popular lexicon or whatnot. Um, but but you know but but the idea is is that it is born from trauma, not from like you're not like born with it, right? So it, so it, so it's an interesting you know thing in that regard too, and that it's not like a neurological thing insofar as like your brain chemistry is is wired a different way like it, it's apparently comes from like traumatic experiences or whatnot which really goes back to freudian stuff which a lot has been disproven but anyway <laughs> but a lot of these people like are fucking fakers like these are our kids who are just wanting to to like be cool on the internet and like have an affliction on the internet and it is fascinating but infuriating to see and like to me it's one of those things where i'm like okay what this whole, what that whole trend is doing. And I'm not trying to compare people who self-diagnose with autism to that. I'm really not. But you have this like momentum and it's weird where people are like claiming to have shit that they don't have because they feel like it gives them credibility or makes them interesting or whatever. Yeah. And, well, and, and like, I don't know. That what, just, that, what, that, that sort of pisses me off. What I would say is if you are self-diagnosing with ASD for the sake of finding a community of people like you that can support and answer questions, that's great. If, if you are self-diagnosed, I would be very hesitant about declaring yourself ASD in the wider internet or in life, uh, like to to make a statement i am an autistic person without a diagnosis is very different than saying hey here's this community of people that accept me and believe me yes. and 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 i can find support and and answers here like okay, i think I that's that. great for people no i think that's great for people too but yeah i agree with that and i would also say if you have taken all those self diagnosis things and you don't have it and and i can understand it can be expensive it can be hard to find a doctor I would encourage, just like I would encourage any person who has any sort of like mental health struggle or, you know, whatever, like a neurodiverse struggle to actually try. And you have to keep trying and get the diagnosis. Yeah, like, no, I, I agree with that, especially if you have insurance and can afford to do so. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, although honestly, like I'm going I'm to be kind of an asshole here. Even if you don't, something like your mental health is important enough. like find a way to make it work, whether that means like looking at government assistance, whether that means like finding other things, like I had to borrow money to get my ADHD diagnosis. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I think that that was, yeah, it's, but, but you made it work, right? Like I made it work and it changed my life. So that's what I'm saying. Like I paid, there was a time when I went off my parents' insurance and I was allowed to stay on for like an extra year, which was amazing. Um, and Mashable didn't have insurance yet. And it was cheaper for me to um, be on Cobra um, because my medication prices were so much. Sure. And Cobra was like... Cobra know, is was not like, cheap. It was like $1,200 a month or something. Yeah. And, yeah. and I, wasn't, I wasn't making a ton of money. Um, I mean, I was making more than I had been, but but I wasn't making a ton of money, and I paid that out of pocket, and um, I, I didn't get any you know help you know with that. I was I was I was paying for it, and and I did it, and it was the right thing to do. And I had like a, remember I had like a colleague, and 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 she 
had some issues with depression and whatnot. She was like, oh, you know, I just, I, I, I don't want to, you know, pay. And like her, I think her rates were going to be way lower than mine because she didn't already have a diagnosis and it was before Obamacare and whatnot. And I was like, you, you have to do it. Like, you, I, I know that it can be a burden. I'm not trying, I'm not speaking, look, I'm speaking from a place of privilege now, but I haven't always had a place of privilege. And like you and I have both had so many experiences with with bad doctors and having to go through the ringer of diagnoses and what do you have and what don't you have? Like I was misdiagnosed as being bipolar. I'm not bipolar. Uh, I was put on lithium, which was terrible. Um, you, you go through a lot and it's shitty, but you do it in my opinion because it's the right thing to do. And when I hear people, and I'm not talking about autism specifically, I hear this with ADHD a lot and it pisses me off because I hear people saying, oh, well, I don't have the money for this or that or this or that. And I'm thinking, you know, if it's really important to you and it's your health, you borrow the money. You find a way to make it work. Like, you, I, I, I'm sorry, you do. do. You know, do you want to know how much my ADHD meds would cost if I had to pay out of pocket? Uh, probably like seven, eight hundred dollars. A thousand dollars a month. Yeah. Yeah. Just just for the ADHD meds, and then yeah. the bipolar meds I take would be another like eighteen hundred on top of that. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. No, that is ridiculous. And at that point, you can't afford it. You have to have insurance of some sort, yeah. which thankfully we do now have a way. It's not always the best or the least expensive, but there are plans that it, people yeah. can get on. Yeah, it's like, a like, different like, world than it was it's 10 a different years world. ago. I was going to say, like a decade ago, it was not that way. And that's why I bristle a little bit because I was paying because I had a similar thing where um, the um, modafinil that I was on. I was on a modafinil, I was on Effexor, and I was on Dexedrine. And the modafinil alone was like $1,500 a month. Mm-hmm. And still to this day, even though I like ProVigil, I can't get that covered. Um, because like, I, I remember like the insurance covered it for like three months and it was gone. And I think even Microsoft's insurance, I think that it would be a stretch. I don't need it now. And, and I mean, I would like it, but I don't need it. Um, it would it would more be for me wanting to like do nootropics and like, you know. Sure. Well, super powerful rather than like actually you, treating this. You can buy a Manafidil, uh on the uh, on the internet. It's pretty cheap. Yeah, I know. I know. Because uh, I, I looked into that at one point. I actually looked into going to Canada at one point to get it. Um, and and there, you know, at this point, like I think like the pads have expired and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I mean, some of the stuff like I, that was that was the reason I paid the, the Cobra because my medication would have been 1800 and so the Cobra was 1200 And so I was like, well, just, you know, keep paying the Cobra, right? Like, j- just keep doing that. And, and that was, you know, I think that was probably, um, I don't know, like a quarter of, of my pre-tax income. Like, I was paying as much sure. for my insurance as I was paying for rent. And, uh, and like, again, like, I, I really, part of this is coming from a place of privilege, but also... There are systems, there are things that can make it work. I'm just, my, my point is just like, uh, I've, I've gone on like a, an old woman tangent, but like, and I'm not trying to be gatekeepery, except to say like, do the work. Like, it just pisses me off. And again, I'm not talking about people who are autistic because I do feel like that's a different, more difficult diagnosis. But especially with other stuff, A, nobody should want these diagnoses. And sometimes I feel like people like, feel like they want to be part of a club. And I'm like, I would very, I'd be very happy if I didn't have this stuff, like, sure. uh, like, you know, can my ADHD sometimes be useful and helpful? Yeah, it can. 
but sometimes it can also be really fucking debilitating and terrible. Yes. I would I would not wish depression on anyone. And whatever creative moments I've had from it, which get less and less each time I have a, a, a depressive episode, I wouldn't wish on on my worst enemy, right? So, you know, I'm sure you wouldn't wish, you know, you're bipolar, even though that has things that can make you, you know, no, unique and I, have no. art, you, you wouldn't wish it on anyone. No. And so I feel like sometimes I, I feel like there are people who like, who don't have those things, who don't recognize them. And are like, I don't want this. I, I don't see it the way like some people who are deaf or blind, like are like genuinely like love about themselves. And I think even autistic people who are like, I, I love this about myself. Cool. With, with, with things like depression and, and anxiety and, and ADHD and bipolar, like I think most of us would, would not want that. So if, if you, if you feel like you have those things, like I don't know, you got to fucking do the work to get the diagnosis, get the treatment, get the help because it's, it's how we, I don't know, it's how we function. Yeah, but do, do, if you think, if if you're hearing all of these people talk about what they have and it, you totally 100% relate, do the work. Like, yes. get the yes. diagnosis, get find the diagnosis. out. Find because out. Yeah, that's, that's how treatment starts. Well, I was going to say, that's the biggest thing for me is the self-diagnosis. I think that's the biggest thing that scares me. And like for autism, Maybe it's a little different because, you know, the treatments there, it's not like you can take a, it's not like you can take a pill um, and maybe having the community is good, but you could have like treatment and therapies and stuff you could do. Right. Um, but just being, just being self-diagnosed and being part of a community is not going to get you treatment. Like it's not like, so, so when I see people like self-diagnosed ADHD, I'm like, the cool so you're just untreated because that doesn't work. Yeah. You know, like. You're not helping anybody. You're not helping yourself. Like you get to use the hashtag actually ADHD or whatever. But, but like, I don't, I don't know. Anyway, that's my rant. That was Start. our mental health corner got, I got long. It and, did get long. And I'll be honest, I don't have the heart to re-record our work segment. That it, I will summarize that, that whole uh, hands-on lab that we were building up to at Oracle that I was super stressed out about. It went great. We, we beat all of our metrics that we Yay! were projecting. Everything went super swell. And then immediately I'm back into the backlog of work that got behind while we were working <laughs> on the lab. So no, no, no time off for the weary. I mean, you will have time off next week, but, yeah. but they were like, but they were like, nope, sorry, sorry, bitches. Back yeah. to work. Yeah, my PM, like, just, I had, like, three meetings with my PM the day after the hands-on lab. And I learned a whole bunch of new acronyms that uh -huh. that apparently I should, things like KPI. Uh-huh, keep, uh, a key performance indicator. Yeah, like, I people throw these letters around, like, like some indie developers supposed to have any clue what they're talking about. right. But, Right. And you're like, I'm, you're, you're like 4K. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, my OKR, do you, you guys have those? Um, maybe I, I'm still yeah. learning. Result. Okay. Yeah. That sounds so, right. Yeah. Okay. So, so there are OKRs there, which are different from KPIs, though a KPI can be used in conjunction with an OKR. I don't even know. Like, yeah. Acronym soup, man. That's if anybody wanted to like ask, like, what's my takeaway from like four years in corporate America? A lot of fucking acronyms. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm not shy about asking like people say things in meetings, especially when they're talking about like Oracle services, like ATP and 
A D W, like uh, yeah, autonomous data warehouse. It. I spent a meeting having no idea what people were talking about, and finally just asked, "Hey, what do these acronyms stand for?" Got my answer. Did my research. Things make a lot more sense when you can understand the words people are saying, or the letters in this case. Anyway, um, I I will repeat the part that we lost in our first tragic mishap. Yes. That, um, I added zoom buttons to my, uh, my touch your bar. bar, your non-touch bar, touch bar. Right. Right. Yeah. So for anyone who missed it, I'm, I'm running a touch bar simulator on my Mac mini with a bunch of like crazy, better touch tool scripts and and fun buttons and all of it would work if i had a real touch bar as well but i no longer do well i do on oh, my that's... work machine but i'm trying but to you keep that one pretty clean I, yeah. I i do and i keep it like company fresh um but anyway i added zoom buttons that give me uh, so i stole them i stole the code from the stream deck plugin for zoom mm-hmm. uh, and it lets me to control mute and video and sharing, uh, even when zoom is not foreground. So I, at the top of my screen, I always have big red button telling me that I'm muted and I can click it from anywhere and unmute myself and video and sharing, etc. It even has a leave button that hit, it hits the leave button and hits the okay. So in one tap, I can leave a meeting without having to focus zoom because you know how like some meetings, there's a bunch of people and you don't bother to turn on video and you don't bother to turn on your microphone, but you also don't want to be the last person left in the room with no video and no mic, because then it's obvious that you were off doing something else. So like you want to be able to make that quick exit when everyone says their goodbye. So now I have a button for that. I just hit the button and I'm out of the room and I don't I don't get the this meeting has been ended by the host message. Nice. So you can Irish goodbye everybody real quickly with like yeah. a with with the click of a button. I like yes. it. Yes. I feel like that's probably racist to Irish people, but I've never fully because I've also heard it like the French goodbye, and I think they're the same thing. I think people just as, a, associate rude behavior with whatever <laughs> whatever cultural group. They this, uh, w- one of my former managers, Tim. I love him so much, but he's actually my second favorite manager. Well, no, I had, I've had, well, I've had so many managers. God. Um, it, last year alone, six. Wow. <sighs> that yeah. is a lot. That's too many. It's too many. Um, everyone would agree with that. Um, but, but Tim was great, but Tim is famous for that where you're in a room with him and all of a sudden he just disappears. He's gone. He just yeah. Irish goodbyes at everybody. We just crack up because he's the nicest guy, but it's so funny because that's just one of those things. He's just like, he'll just be like, where'd Tim go? Oh, okay. You just, you just pieced out. Okay. Like it's hilarious. Nice. So uh, in other big news. Yes. I feel like we hit another topic before this in our previous recording. Mm-hmm. Man, people are really missing out that first half really hour. Are. It was good. It was, it was good. I, ha- I had like my, I had my half of it, but that would be incredibly boring to listen to. Yeah. I just, I can't even do my half of anyway. Um, uh, so for for listeners who who might be new to the show, I have a a kitten named Nobody, uh, Bod for short, and she's the best. She was named because she was found 
as a stray in a cemetery. We named her after the main character from a book by Neil Gaiman called The Graveyard Book, uh, in which a young uh, young boy is uh, finds his way to the cemetery after a gruesome murder and is raised by ghosts, and the ghosts name him Nobody. So we named our kitten Nobody. Even though she's a girl, I feel like Bod is a pretty unisex name. Um, and I thought now that she's getting up to about 10 months old, it was time to let the author of the graveyard book know that, that he had a child in the world. And so I tweeted Neil Gaiman with a very 240 character version of the story and he retweeted it. And now my kitten is famous, not like crazy famous. She got like 1100 likes on the photo. I mean, that's pretty good. Got a, a few quote tweets, a few, a few comments. Um, n- nothing, not amazing. Like I, I have more followers than she does. Like, and I wasn't right. even rescued from a cemetery. So it's not crazy, but, but, but. still, that's pretty great. <laughs> that's still, that's pretty great. Now, now did, now did, um, did, were you one who tweeted it from your account or did you tweet it from her account? Oh, she doesn't have an account. I learned my lesson when I had an account for my pit bull, uh, <sighs> And she had a ton of followers and everyone loved her. And then she died and it was just too painful to like. Oh yeah. 100%. And every pet will eventually die. So I don't think I'm making any more pet accounts. No, I, I think that that's fair. So I didn't get a Neil Gaiman retweet and um, uh, I didn't get as many likes, but um, I did get a GitHub retweet Ooh. or quote tweet, which was nice. Fancy. Um so um, actually, this was kind of a cool thing that, that I found. And ironically, here's what's hilarious about this. The tweet, it got 201 retweets, 31 quote tweets, 568 likes. So actually really, really high retweet to yeah, like ratio. For real. Um, like honestly. Um, and and, and um, the tweet was not customized at all. I found this thing online and then I clicked on the tweet button and I guess it was, you know, it, it was whatever the developer had written in, um, in his description, but it's a classic after dark screensaver is rebuilt using CSS animations. Um, and I will put this in the show notes cause it is awesome and is also in GitHub, but, um, he recreated like all the classic after dark Mac screensavers yeah. in CSS. Nice. And, um, and so what the GitHub team did is uh, they quote tweeted it, but they created a GIF that's like an amalgamation of a bunch of different screensavers. So that was that was neat. But um, but I was shocked because like that, I, I just I found that thing and I thought I was like, oh, this is neat. Um, I'll share, and I just clicked on the the tweet button. I was expecting it to pop up and like let me customize it, but it didn't. It just like sent it out, you know, as it was. And I was like, fine, I'll just I'll just send it out like this, no big deal. Um, and I wasn't expecting it because it was like not customized. I was like, not going to, no one's going to care, whatever. Um, and apparently it had been on Hacker News a few days earlier and I'd missed it. And I saw it someplace else. I don't remember where. And I was like, oh, this is awesome. And then like a whole bunch of people really liked it because people really like retro stuff because sure. who doesn't? Oh, uh, I saw some, some designer re- they made a bunch of uh, HTML web development book covers in the style of old VHS, like 80s VHS, uh, uh, like... Oh, that's w- awesome. When you would buy the blank VHS tape, yes, like yes, the Maxell, yes, yes, yes. whatever, um, in in the style of those uh, covers. 
and they were they were brilliant i'll never find the the I saw it on Instagram. I'll probably never find it again, but. Yeah, I just, the, I, I tried to look. The only thing I found, this was actually pretty awesome, was somebody made fake VHS covers for new shows and um, movies. And this was apparently years ago. Oh, it was from Gizmodo from 2015. Um, but somebody, but yeah, that, yeah, that's close as I can find, which is different, but they took things like Interstellar and Breaking Bad mm-hmm. and Game of Thrones and made like, but actually made like this, guy actually didn't just like do the mock-ups he like actually made <laughs> covers and printed them out and put them in the um sleeves nice. which is awesome um so like that that's actually uh pretty cool but uh no yeah i wish that you could find those i remember when panic i still have them somewhere panic made boxes that you could buy for their software that were styled like atari games i think i remember that yeah and uh, it was Atari Gurren Television, and and I bought them because I just thought it was the coolest thing in the whole world, and mm-hmm. and 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 I was like, this is why Panic is like my favorite company, maybe ever. Is wasn't Panic going to make a hardware, a video game console of some kind? Yes, it, it actually it's up for pre it's up for pre order now. Um, they'll they'll ship in 2022 at this point. Um, mine I pre ordered will be here in 2021. But they they did it with the teenage engineering. Um, we should get cable on sometime to talk about it. Yeah. Um, and um, I I got to play with it almost two years ago at XOXO uh, 2019, so the last XOXO, because they um, uh, didn't do it last year and they're not doing it this year. Hopefully, it'll be back next year if people can fucking vaccinate themselves and end all this nonsense. Yes. Um, and I have to say, it was like there's like a photo of me playing on it, and it's like pure joy. Like nice. it, it's just it's just the greatest, um, but it's uh, they have like a dev kit that that um, I think uh, people will be able to to get where people can build games for it and stuff using Lisp and and I think they've got like another uh, not Lisp Lua and and uh, and something else, um, but it's uh, it's teenage engineering did the hardware stuff and uh, and teenage engineering stuff is just the coolest and um, yeah it's it's awesome so it'll finally be here. Sometime next year, I will have it. Um, in 2021, at some point, I was able to be in the first 20,000 orders. So, speaking of pure joy from nerdy things, yes. Do you want to do a notion read? Absolutely. This episode of Overtired is sponsored by Notion. So Notion is the all-in-one team collaboration software that combines note-taking, document sharing, wikis, project management, and much more in a simple, easy-to-use tool. I love Notion. It's one of those really beautiful apps. It's got a great user interface. And wiki may sound like an old-school word, but teams today need a central hub for their information and work more now than ever before. And this is true. I think we've all realized that having a really good work wiki is a really, really good thing. And this is where Notion comes in. It's one place for notes, docs, for projects, and everyday work that goes way beyond a wiki. So it's the one place where every team member from engineering to sales can work together seamlessly with 500 integrated apps, including Google and Slack, and you can collaborate in real time. You can tailor workflows for your team's uh, specific needs, and you can share with ease. There are hundreds of thousands of teams worldwide that are already saving time, getting more done, and delighting their employees with with Notion. Plus, Notion has a worldwide community of millions of users creating templates, tutorials, and new inspiration, so the product is getting better all the time. 
Um, I'm sure as you know, you know, software with strong community behind it is software that stays. And that's the software that, that Brett and I like to talk about the most are those that have communities and Notion certainly has that. So you can find out how Notion may be the missing piece to your team needs, that your team needs to fully unlock the promise of more and remove the pain from remote work. Notion is currently running a special offer to listeners of this show. So go to notion.so and use the promo code OVERTIRED to get $250 off its annual team plan. That's multiple months for free for your growing team. Don't forget, that's notion.so and then enter the promo code Overtired during checkout. Get collaborating with $250 off at notion.so using the promo code Overtired. That was excellent. Nice job, Christina. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so in addition to being Friday the 13th, happy reinstatement day. <laughs> Do you know about this? No, I don't. So a certain uh, pillow executive... Uh, oh yeah, a vendor of of fine pillow wares uh, made a statement on uh, Steve Bannon's podcast that on August thirteenth the president could be reinstated. I don't know how the fuck he thought this would happen, but wow! But there is a you know community of Q people that that believe today is the day that Donald Trump gets his presidency back. Uh, there is no constitutional way that this could possibly happen. Uh, no. Like, the it, J Donald Trump is no longer part of the federal government, and therefore the chain of command goes through a thousand million people before it gets right. to him. Yeah, he's not part of it at all. Like, he, he's, he's not in the Senate. He's not in the House. He's not anything. Uh, you know, he could potentially run... Yeah, or his, house seats. his only way back in is through some form of election. And we can just pray that that's never going to happen again. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, genuinely, my hope is that he loses interest more and more, especially now that he no longer has like a way to con communicate with people. And by that, I mean, like he no longer has a way for for people to like adulate him on social media. Right. Because right. like yeah. he read his blog and and um, Fox. <laughs> I think only only that uh, the hack uh, Maria Bartiromo like is really fucking with him and like getting him on interviews, but they're even like pulling like 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 YouTube is even pulling interviews with him on on Fox and stuff when he says like you know like election misinformation stuff and like those channels like Fox doesn't want to have their channel struck, right? So they'll cut they'll cut part of the the president's or the former president's remarks um, from interviews that he does on like Fox News. And then, and then the Trump cronies yell at the Fox News host. And like one of the guys is like a stalwart, like diehard Trumpy. And they turn on him so fast and he was so mad. And they came back around and they were like, oh, it wasn't his fault. It was this other thing. But I hope that's a lesson to him. It's, it's, yeah, you see how quick, like it wasn't your fault, but they were so quick to blame you and turn on you. There is no loyalty from Donald Trump and Trump land. Like they want everyone else to be loyal to them forever. But they have no loyalty. They will fucking turn on you in a second. Rudy, I wish he won't help Rudy Giuliani with his legal costs. And Rudy Giuliani is now doing cameo. Oh my god! <laughs> For two hundred seventy-five dollars, you can get Rudy Giuliani to perjure himself to whoever you want. See, I mean, I I wouldn't because. I would just feel too bad. But there's a big part of me that would love to pay two hundred seventy-five dollars for him to just be like, 
I'm the biggest asshole in the whole world. My children hate me. Yeah. And um and and I and you know like it would it would just be great. Like I I would totally <laughs> totally do that. If it, if it didn't involve giving two hundred seventy five dollars to Rudy Giuliani, I I I would want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this is. Oh my God, this is hilarious. I'm looking this up now. Yeah, Rudy Giuliani's cameo. Um, he responds in 21 hours. He has 75.0 uh, reviews and 226 people in his fan club. Oh, and his price has gone up to $375. Oh, wow. Really, really tapping the scale out there. Wow. <laughs> uh, uh, the, the, I, I doubt you've read it, but um, it's a good um, um, read or listen to because I, 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 I also got the audiobook. but the, the newest Michael Wolf book um uh, about like the days like starting from a from from election night like leaving up to you know like the, the um uh january 6th and, and and beyond or whatnot yeah um is really really good yeah and uh like it's it's act landslide like it's it's fantastic actually uh he's a he's a piece of shit and uh i've had my own weird things with him personally before like I sort of interviewed for a job with him, but it was the most bizarre job interview of my life. Um, I think I've talked about this before, so I won't get into that again. But uh, um, but the book is is really good. Like I, I read, um, um, you know, uh, the, the first one, um, like a uh, Fate and Fury or whatever. Yeah. Like, um, and that was that was pretty good. But this one has like uh, Fire and Fury. Fire that's and it. Fury. Yep. I didn't read the second one uh, because uh, it was all about the Mueller investigation. And I, I, I never cared about the Mueller investigation. Yeah. Um, to be honest, I, I knew that was just going to be a whole bunch of. I knew that I knew that was going to turn out the way that it turned out. As much corruption as there was, I was like, Rachel Maddow was going too far down these rabbit holes, and yeah. and and could could do better things with her time. Um, but uh, but landslide is great because it's just the most gossipy, just like like it is just pure gossip. And the hilarious thing is. The people who kind of pitch themselves as the heroes, as the sane ones, are, objectively speaking, still the worst fucking people. Because these were just like the cronies who stood with him the whole damn time. Yeah. And then the then at the very end, they're like trying to talk him out of like they're trying to like talk reason to him. They're trying to like tell him he lost without like telling him he lost. They're trying to like convince him to have orderly transition of power. And then when it's clear he's not doing it, they're trying to kind of do stuff behind the scenes. Like they're trying to like. Once they realize how far off the wheels things are, they're trying to like not let the world fall apart. But what winds up happening, what they realize again, because there's no loyalty in this place, is that then like Trump all of a sudden starts talking to Giuliani again. And he and Rudy hadn't been talking for for months. And all of a sudden he has time for Giuliani again. And 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 they all were just like, get him off the phone with Rudy because Rudy's putting bullshit in, in his in his mind and, and Rudy's a drunk all the time. And like even Jenna Ellis at one point who like came and she was like, I'm taking over the, 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 the legal investigation and this and that. And like, she has no legal experience and, and just as like from a small town lawyer. And even at a certain point, even she was like, yeah, I'm done. Like this, this is too much for even me. And it's just so funny to like read about like just the, the. That is the salacious content that people want for sure. Oh no, it so is. And then what's, what's really hilarious is like Hope Hicks who had been like, his closest, you know, like person, yeah, like like his daughter, basically, right? Like, and and he clearly wanted to fuck her as well. Um, but but she was like the Trump whispers, what they called her. You know, she went to Fox News and then she came back and she was there for long haul. You know, she got COVID the same time he did, and she was pretty sick with it. And he started like 
jokingly but not really blaming her on giving it to him. And that was kind of it for her. She was kind of like, I was really sick with this. And, and then you're like blaming me. And then you're not taking any of the mask stuff seriously. So she basically pieced out, like, basically after election day, she was like, basically was gone. Yeah. And it's, it's just hilarious how all these people who, like, they were too stupid to leave, you know, when they could have maybe still been able to get book deals or, you know, like long lasting TV contracts on conservative networks or, you know, you know, the stuff that you do. Cause there's a certain point where like, I, I would argue anybody in the Trump administration is, is hard. You know, I would say, I would hope irredeemably, but I know that's not true. But the people who lasted the whole four years are the ones who are definitely going to be the, the worst. Cause you never want to be the last one to leave the party or the company or, or anything like you never want to be last right like you never want to because because then you're tainted with that forever and so you see all these people who like are realizing that they have fucked up and are going to be tainted with this forever and they're still like yeah i'm i'm not going in anymore i'm done yeah it's, it's really interesting yeah like there's a there's a certain point where you can get out and people feel sorry for you. You're you're like a veteran yes. of something bad and people have sympathy. No, especially if you're like early on. Like like yeah, yeah. like I would say like a like what's his face? Um the guy who was the head of the DNC of the RNC uh, oh, yeah. right? Like he was out almost immediately and he's fine. Yeah. Um even though he's like a, a, a party crony or whatnot, people were like, he's fine. Um, uh, Bolton or whatever, who, you know, like was able to kind of write his stuff. Like there, yeah, there's Sean Spicer. Yeah. Who, you Who's know, also like doing cameo. Of course he is. <laughs> of course he is. Like it, the whole grift is is now all about that stuff. I mean, it, I, I liked cameo so much better when it was Lindsay Lohan's mom trying <laughs> to charge, like she was, she was trying to charge like $350 for cameos and then when you would watch some of them they were like terrible and you're like <laughs> a who wants anything from Lindsay lohan's mom b like that much really it's like it was it was hilarious but yeah um it, it's it's sad slash fitting to me that cameo is like at this point just right-wing rejects but um but yeah that that book i i, I if, if you like a good salacious gossipy sudsy read I have to. I have to give it to him. He's he's a troll and a cretin, but Michael Wolf writes good goss. I I I can't uh, I can't undermine that. Like, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna draw a very sketchy line here, and and I'm not sure I like where it's going. But speaking <laughs> speaking of Lindsay Lohan's mom, yes, Hillary Duff. Oh yes, who, who is Actually, starring? Yes. Yes, this is a perfect segue. Absolutely. Because Hillary won in the Hillary versus Lindsay, like, battle. Like, <laughs> Hillary won. Like, like she didn't movie-wise. Like, in the day, she didn't. But long game, Hillary fucking won. So she's, she's starring in a, a spinoff of How I Met Your Mother, cleverly titled How I Met Your Father. Have you seen this? Um, I saw I mean, that they finally picked it up. Yeah, um, I like, saw the casting. It's yes, ten episodes, not out yet, but and I won't get any screeners on it or anything. But it actually, like, I think, I think it might be watchable. No, I think it might be too. And and the thing is, because um, originally it was going to be, I think, with the actress that had played his wife that they then like, you know, the way they did the fucking finale, which we already talked about how finale is terrible. I'm not going to get into that again. But now this is like. 
not the same universe, but it is the same conceit. And um, it's from the same pe- people. Um, and uh, yeah, the cast looks good. I think I think I could be into this too. So it's so it's Hillary Duff, um, Chris Lowell, who was on Bronco Mars. He was Piz. Um, uh, Francia uh, uh, Reza from Gronish. Um, a guy from the Royals. Um, uh, a girl from Space Force, and a guy who I've, I've never heard of. Um, but uh, yeah, I I I could be down for this. This is this is going to be a Hulu thing, ten episodes. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, I jumped I jumped ahead. We weren't going to get to TV till the end, but that line was just hanging. No, there. it's perfect. No, I'm glad you did that. No, 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 no. That that's perfect. And and yeah, good and good for Hillary Duff. Honestly, she's had um. Yeah, because like in the day, like, because it was like, like Hillary versus Lindsay, right? Like they fought over Aaron Carter and they fought over like who was going to be the Disney like movie queen. And like Lindsay won in that kind of sense. Like she had more breakouts and got to do Mean Girls and all that stuff and, um, and, and partied with cooler people. And, and Hillary, you know, was like boring and normal. And then like, I think she got married young and and like had a baby young and just kind of like disappeared for a while. But like she's come back that she did um, uh, 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 younger, I think. And she was supposed to do a Hilly, uh, Lizzie McGuire reboot for Disney Plus that then like Disney was like, oh, this isn't this isn't like friendly enough for us. Like this, 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 this is too adult. Yeah. And which is stupid. So that like ended, but, uh, but she's like had like a nice like career renaissance. So good for her. What's her name? I always na- liked her better. What's her name that was in, uh, This Is Us? Uh, Mandy Moore. Mandy Moore. Mandy Moore went on to great things. After yeah, she her, did. After she her really did. one hit musical career. Yeah. Well, she had like two. Sure. Sure. Good enough. Well, I mean, cause, 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 cause a walk to remember was like, that was a long tail. I don't even yeah. know that song. Never uh, even heard a, it, that. No, it was a movie and there were like oh, three songs from it. Okay. But, but yeah, like the, the big song was, was, which was like 16 candy. And yeah. then, and then she had like a few others, but yeah. Um, she was also married to, to Ryan Adams, which ended up not being great for sure, her, sure. unfortunately. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, she's totally had a career renaissance. And I have to say I was wrong when This Is Us like premiered. I was like, this is a great show, but it stars all these people, um, and and there's no way this is gonna last. There's no way that a show that Manny Moore is fronting in 2016 is gonna last. I like called. I was like, this is gonna be a total flop. I was so wrong. Yeah, and I'm really glad I was wrong. Right? Yeah. Like, that show was amazing. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was. I think. I think it's still airing. It, Did it just end? I, I I don't know. I'm a little behind. On, I'm I'm on the last season. I I let it go for a little while, but I I was constantly in awe of the writing on that show. And the acting, it was all yeah. No, the acting is really good. Yeah, um, um, the guy for the um OJ uh, Sterling um Sterling Brown, um, oh he's from, awesome. Uh, he's so good. Well, he was so good in the OJ show. Oh, that's another. And we're just talking about TV now. It's fine. Um, they released the first trailer for American Crime Story: The Impeachment about the Clinton Lewinsky scandal. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw I'm that so, on Twitter. I'm so excited about this. Have you have you watched the other American Crime Story stuff? So there was the one on O.J. Simpson, People versus O.J. Simpson. No. Which, okay, that in my opinion, I'm not even joking here. I think the People versus O.J. Simpson is some of the best television to come out in the last decade. It came out five years ago. It's fantastic. Sterling K. Brown was um, 
oh, what's his face? Um, the uh, um, prosecuting um, oh, um, yeah. I forgot uh, the name. attorney, I can't think of Chris, uh, can't think of his last name anyway. Anyway, he was perfect. He won an Emmy for it. They It swept the Emmys that year as it should have. Um, and then the second season was the assassination of Johnny Versace. And that was also excellent. And um, they were then going to be doing one on Katrina that they scrapped. And um, now they're, they're doing the, the, um, the Clinton um, thing. And I, the casting is a little, the casting is a little weird. Casting is the only thing that I'm kind of like, but I have faith that it's going to be good. Um, they got um, uh, uh, Sarah Paulson, like, put on a fat suit and a bunch of prosthetics. And she is Linda Tripp which okay. I think is yeah. great. Um, Beanie Feldstein is Monica. Okay. I, I, I don't I, know who that is. I know who yeah, Monica is. I don't know who Beanie Feldstein is. Yeah, you do. She, she, was, she was in um, 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 uh, um, Books. Booksmart. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, she's, she's the brunette in Booksmart. She was also in Lady Bird. And um, she's Jonah um, Hill's um, little sister. Okay. Here's the thing. I can say this on this podcast. I can't say this on, on other things. I can't say this on Twitter. Um, Beanie is very pretty. Monica is actually, I think, much more conventionally attractive. That's my only thing with that because I think Beanie is going to do a great job. But like, Monica's prettier, was prettier. Like, that's my only thing because usually it's the inverse, you know, like you cast yeah. prettier you cast, people. Yeah, for sure. You know, um, but, but Monica, was very attractive. Um, like, like people made fun of her a lot because she had a round face and was, oh my God, a size 12 and whatnot. It's like, fuck off, right? But like, uh, you know, they were shitty to her for so many reasons. But but I, I would, I would pause, like, especially the way they made her up with her wig and stuff. So like the photos I saw, I was like, uh, Monica is prettier. But I think Beanie's going to do a great job. Um, Clive Owen is Bill Clinton. That doesn't quite track with me. Yeah, um, that's a weird, that's a weird choice. Edie Falco as, uh, as Hillary, um, but I will say, like, Cuba didn't look anything like OJ and was still great. So, um, and uh, Ross from Friends was uh, was the Kardashian uh, in the OJ show, and he was great. Uh, uh, John Travolta was was fucking Robert Shapiro. <laughs> so it was great. Like the, the OJ show, the the two OJ things to watch for anyone who's listening, and also this is good homework for you in the future, Brett. The first one I would say to watch is The People versus O.J. Simpson, American Crime Story. I think it's on Netflix. I'm almost positive it is. If it's not, it's on Hulu um, because it was an FX um, uh, show. The other one, um, and this one I know is on Netflix, but it's also on Disney Plus if you get their whole subscription thing because it was an ESPN thing, is like the six-hour, 30 for 30, like O.J. Simpson documentary that um, won both the Emmy and... um, the OJ, OJ Made in America. It won both the Emmy and the Oscar, which uh, shouldn't be possible because, but, but it did because it won the Emmy because it aired on television, but it won the Oscar because it was actually broadcast in theaters. And so it qualified under the documentary rules. Um, the, the academies have since switched their eligibility to be like, okay, you can have one. Um, sure. But, um, but that is is like a tremendous, tremendous um, uh, film. Um, I would watch the the made in, uh, the the People versus O.J. Simpson first because it's more fun. But uh, but Made in America is like one of those like because it really goes into like his background, his life story, his whole thing. Like 
it, it really does like give you the full thing of like how OJ came to be. And it's not sympathetic. It, sure. it just is what it is. But it's it, it's incredibly incredible. Plus, it's a documentary. So one is obviously, you know, like fictionalized. It was based on Jeffrey Tubin's book, but but it's, you know, still like played by actors. Um, but uh, both of those, like 2016 was a great year for OJ content. Sure. Um, but uh, but I'm very excited about the um, next season of American Crime Story, which will be out in September. So I uh, I'm sure I've asked you this before, but have you ever listened to the podcast you're wrong about? I don't think so. Oh my God. You would love that podcast. You would okay, love that's my list. You, yeah, you have to listen to that. It's, it's, uh, a, a man and a woman whose names I, I'm not, I don't listen to the show enough to, to be a fan, but every time I listen to it, I think of you because they take things like Tanya Harding and Monica Lewinsky and OJ and they do the, here's all the thing that people got wrong about these stories. <sighs> And they nice. look at here was here's what the public thinks happened. Here's what actually happened. And they do all the research and they do all the exposition. And it's really good. OK, I'm subscribing to this now. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at this. Yeah, this this totally looks like this is completely up my alley. OK, I'm to, I'm totally into that. I can't I can't believe I've never asked you about that before. I don't think so. Um, I would have remembered, I think. And no, this totally. Yeah, you're exactly right. This completely seems like something up my alley. Yeah. Um. Also, for the Monica thing, for anybody who's interested, there's a documentary that came out almost 20 years ago um, called Monica in Black and White, and it was recorded for HBO, um, and it was Fenton Bailey and um, Randy um, Barbato, and they are, of course, now best known as, as the creators of RuPaul's Drag Race, but they are documentarians, um, and they did like The Eyes of Tammy Faye Baker and um, Party Animal, the documentary, which then became Party Animal, the feature film with um, Macaulay Culkin and Seth Green. And um, they, um, they've done a lot of other things over the years about like uh, gay, gay subculture stuff. And they did an interview kind of documentary thing with her called Monica in Black and White. And it was like, th it, like they did like, over the course of three days, they had like 10 hours of interview things where basically Monica, this was right after she had been let out of whatever her her agreement was for for immunity where she couldn't speak for a certain period of time and once that had expired she was allowed to finally talk for the first time so she did like a barbara walters interview and then she did this thing that she was she was and she hadn't been able to make money on anything she you know uh, worked with somebody on a book and then she she did um this hbo special where she basically was at like columbia i think and asked questions, like answered questions, both from interviewers, like within the production crew, but primarily people in the audience who they literally, they could ask her anything they wanted. And like, they could be as rude or whatever as possible. And in some cases, you, as you see, like towards like the end of it, like some of the questions got pretty like, like, like this one guy, there's a moment where this one guy asked her how it felt to be America's premier blowjob queen. And he has this shit eating grin on his face and he's just smirking. And everybody in the audience is booing and is telling her not to answer it. And then she ends up kind of like owning him and like giving a really great response. She is really good at that. She is. She is. She has developed a very thick skin and a she very has. sharp wit. It, and, 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 but this was in 2002. Yeah. So, or 2001, I think it was filmed. The, the thing came out in 2002. So that, that was only a couple of years removed from the incident. Sure. And, you know, so she's still really young and, and still doing that. And I watched it when I was in college on HBO, probably in like 2003 or something. And it totally changed my perspective on her because I had 
you know, I was like 15 at the height of all the impeachment madness. And, you know, you believe what the media is saying, it's salacious, it's gossipy, it's this, it's that. You don't think that much about the person. You don't think that much about like what this is doing to her and whatnot. Right. Like, you know, and, and, and like, you know, because she became a tabloid figure the same as like an Amy Fisher or, or a Tanya Harding or a Lorena Bobbitt or whatever. You know what I mean? Like it was yeah. just one of those things. You don't think about the well, human and, being. I mean, as far as public perception, she was up against the president of the United States. Like yes. that's, that's where the focus was. She became a supporting actor in that. No. And, 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 and beyond that, like the, the administration did everything they could to put the focus on her past transgressions, yeah. if you want to call them that, and, and on her personality and, and whatnot, because that took the emphasis off of him, right? Mm -hmm. Like the more you could talk about the spectacle that was Monica, the less you had to focus on the fact that the president was having this improper relationship while in office, while the government is shut down, you know, like- L Literally, the literally in the office. Exactly, exactly. Like you, 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 the less you have to focus on that when you, when you can pin it on, you know, this young woman. And when I watched Monica in Black and White, and and it's on YouTube, if you, if you search for it, it's in it's in multiple parts, um, uh, but it, it's not available like to actually officially stream anywhere, I don't think, because um, I was looking for it and I couldn't find it. Um, it like the stuff that she says in it isn't so much new now. Like she's given her TED Talk and she's written stuff for Vanity Fair and she's done other things, so I think people are more familiar with it. But it was really fascinating to watch. I watched it again yesterday, actually, for the first time in probably since 2003. And I was struck by, like, A, how fucking awful that experience was for her and how terribly she was treated and how she didn't ask for any of this, right? Yeah. Like, and she, she did lie. She lied on the deposition. That's what got her in trouble. Because um, she did what any, like, right-seeming person would do who was having, who had, like, an illicit relationship with the president of the United States you would lie about that. Yeah. Like you wouldn't, you wouldn't expect that someone who you thought was your friend had been recording your conversations because they had a vendetta against, you know, people in the White House because they hadn't, you know, been promoted the way they wanted to and wanted to get a book deal. Like that's not what you would expect. Like today, maybe you would, right? Like today, I think that because of Linda Tripp and stuff like that, we'd be more thoughtful about okay, what do I want to share with someone I don't know that well over the phone? But like right. in 1998, 1997, whenever, she's not thinking that. So, but it was just, I rewatched it. It was just really harrowing because I was just struck again by like how terribly she was treated. How her life is, well, it's never, she's never been allowed to have a normal life or anything even remotely, you know, like she will always be Monica Lewinsky. Like there's nothing she can do about that. And, um, how honest and like raw she was with her answers. Like it was really, really remarkable. Anyway, um, that's another tangent. But if people are interested in the impeachment American crime story thing, I definitely recommend seeking out um, Monica in black and white from the uh, drag race guys because I thought, especially when you consider it was a full, it was like 15 years before people started to reconsider her. Um, it was ahead of its time. I'm going to, I'm going to stick one more ad read in here. Yeah, of course. I, like most of our sponsors require us to do it between the 30 and 70% mark of the show, which is a weird thing to say when you don't know how long your show is going to be. But our good friends at Smile do not give us such stipulations. So I'm closing out this week, letting you know that this episode is brought to you by Text Expander. Get it right every time. Text Expander makes it easy to give your team the right words for every situation. 
Whether you need to keep your team happy or delight customers with effective answers, you can rest easy knowing your team has it covered. Now with improved web app security to keep your content protected. With Text Expander, you can keep your team consistent, accurate, and current. You can share your text and images with the whole staff to keep them on track. Everyone will share the same message and give the same answers to all customer questions. You can work faster and smarter. You can use Text Expander's powerful shortcuts and abbreviations to streamline and speed up everything you type. You can create powerful snippets to save you time so that all you type is a short abbreviation and Text Expander does the rest of the typing for you. You can keep your whole team communicating efficiently and with consistent language, and you can share your snippets of messaging, signatures, and descriptions with everyone who works on projects with you. Text Expander is available on Mac, Windows, Chrome, iPhone, and iPad. Overtired listeners get 20% off their first year. Just visit textexpander.com slash podcast to learn more about Text Expander. That's textexpander.com slash podcast. All right. Well, despite losing 30 minutes of what I'm going to go ahead and say was just fucking golden content. It was actually. It was really good. Like these people don't know what they're missing. It was. No, and it's. It said you got like Christina unhinged rants, and I apologize for that. Well, I mean, to be fair, in that lost bit, there was some golden Christina ranting going on too. Hmm. But it was still fresh. It was like fresh Christina ranting, right? Off, off the, off the dome, off the chain. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, good job, Christina. We pulled off an hour. We pulled off an hour. Thank you, Brett. Sorry that uh, our our first bit uh, didn't uh, share, but uh, yeah. Um, and then we missed talking about some of the stuff we were going to talk about. We'll get into it. We'll, we'll find stuff in the future yeah. to talk about. So, yeah, I mean, Brittany will still be that whole thing will still be. Going I will on. explain. Actually, if anything, we will have more information about the Brittany thing, hopefully next week. So I think after I think or, or, or next time we record, because you might know you're recording next week. But next time we record. After we do Brett's mental health corner, we will do a Brittany update. I will be here next week. You will be here next week. OK. Yes. All right. Well, I know you're well rested, but I still insist that you get some sleep. Thank you. You as well. Get some sleep, Brett. The system is going down low.